Good morning, everyone. Well, our theme we've had already, then make way uh, for the King. And on Wednesday morning, which was our first morning of Holiday Club, we thought about Jesus as the powerful King. Okay, so what I thought we'd do this morning is to repeat a few of our strength and power experiments that we did with our group. Okay, two experiments we've got this morning. So for our first one, I need two volunteers. I'm going to go for a battle of the families. Uh, so, Sam, you can come on up here. Go on, Sam. And I'm going to have Karen come and join us at the front as well. So it's a battle of the nails. This is a, this is a simple strength experiment, okay? They're going to be holding the book out in front of them with a straight arm. And it's simply who can keep the book out straight for longest, okay? So, John, I want you to be looking if there's any lowering of arms, okay? So let's have that one out and that one out. So nice out in front. Okay, good. There we go. That's our first experiment. That's underway. While that happens, we're going to come to our second experiment. This is a really important experiment. There's been a lot of debate over which is the strongest biscuit when it comes to dunking. Okay, which which biscuit can survive for longest? So this morning, we've got a battle between the classic digestive and the rich tea. Okay, so which is going to be the stronger biscuit? You're probably looking which is going to be the stronger nail. Have that in your head first. Who's going to be the stronger nail? That will come to an end very soon, I imagine. And then also, you need to work out or think which is going to be the strongest biscuit. Okay, have a little chat. You've got ten seconds. Strongest nail and strongest biscuit. Is that working? Karen, we're doing okay? Yes, fine. Strong? Yes. Sam, feeling good? Yes. Good, okay, we'll come back to you in a minute then. So back to our biscuits, it's a simple dunk test. Okay, they're going to go in for a one dip, they're going to come out, they're going to go back in, they're going to come out, and we're going to see which biscuit... Let's just have a little wave, actually. Who thinks the digest is going to be the stronger biscuit? And who thinks the... (laughs) Who thinks the rich tea is going to be the strongest biscuit? You can recast your vote if you want, okay. Here we go. Sam, all right? Yeah, good. Okay, here we go. Dip number one. Dip it again. Have again on, John. Okay. If you need to call it. Two. We can count them in. Three. Rich tea's wobbling. Four. Who's going? Five. John, keep an eye. Six. The nails don't like to lose, do they, look? Seven. They're both wobbling. Eight. Oh, the digestor's gone on eight. Nine. Go on the rich tea. Ten. Yeah, the rich tea's the strongest. Well done. I didn't actually see who won. Did she? Sam, well done. So there we go. Conclusive results. You can take a seat. So... Sam Nell is stronger than Karen Nell, that has been proved this morning. And, maybe surprisingly, the rich tea is a stronger dunking biscuit than the digestive. So that's a, that's a little bit of fun, okay? But as we think about the power of Jesus, as we think about the strength of Jesus, we're talking about a different sort of power altogether. We're not just talking about physical strength, we're talking about absolute power. We're talking about supreme power over all things. 
And I'm going to read you a little story from the Bible. It's taken from Matthew chapter 8. It's going to come up on the screen. It's from a children's Bible. Okay, it's the story of Jesus crossing the lake when he encounters a big storm. And there's one line that you need to be aware of because as the, the waves are crashing over the boat, so the disciples wake Jesus up and they say to him, it's there it is, in bold, underlined, our boat is going to sink. Help us. Please help us. So this morning, you're our disciples, okay? I want you to put yourself there on the boat with Jesus out on the Sea of Galilee. And when we come to that line, you're going to say it nice and loud together. You're waking Jesus up and you're asking Jesus for his help, okay? That's when we get there. Let me read the story to you. One time after Jesus had spoken to a large crowd of people, he and his disciples took a boat to get to the next town. A huge storm came, and although they were tossed around on the water, Jesus was sleeping. The disciples woke him and said, Okay, we're going to do that again. I think we need a little bit more fear in our voices. The, the waves are crashing over the boat. You're there on this boat. Waves are coming over the top. It's filling with water, and you're scared. You're helpless. You're scared for your very lives. So the disciples woke him and said, Jesus stood up, lifted his arm. He said, quiet, be still. The wind and waves obeyed him. All at once, the storm stopped. Everyone was amazed at his power. So here is Jesus on a boat with his disciples. They're heading off to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. And a huge storm comes. These are trained fishermen. Some of the disciples lived out on the Sea of Galilee. But these are big waves and they're crashing over the boat. It's filling with water. It's being swamped. It's about to go down. They're scared for their very lives. So they wake up Jesus. They say, Jesus, help. Almost as a last resort, they turn to Jesus. And he stands up. In the middle of this scene of absolute chaos and noise. And with three words, quiet, be still. Boom. And this storm listens to Jesus and it goes dead flat. The sea becomes like a sheet of glass. Now I reckon most of you have probably heard a mum or a dad at some point sing this song. I used to hear my mum sing this on a rainy day. Rain, rain, go away. Does that work? No, it doesn't work. It doesn't matter how loud you sing it. It doesn't matter how beautiful you sing it. We are not powerful to speak to creation. Even a little drizzle for it to stop. Jesus, three words, quiet, be still, and the storm goes. Why? Because Jesus is king over all of creation. He is the powerful king. And as you carry on reading through these accounts of Jesus' life, you'll see that Jesus isn't only powerful over creation, the wind and the waves. He's powerful over sickness. He's powerful over evil. And he's powerful even over death itself. Jesus is the powerful king. But what we're going to see later on, Jesus uses that great power for great good. Because he's not only the powerful king, Jesus is also the loving king. And we're going to be coming to that next. But before we do, 
Uh, we're going to sing another song. Jesus is the king and he's ruler over everything. Not just the wind and the waves. He's king over everything in his creation. So why don't we stand together and sing this song? ...that he is. His power is stronger and stronger. Now we're looking at Jesus, the loving king, whose love is greater and greater. Now, what are the different ways in which somebody who loves you is able to show that love to you? Think maybe of your parents, maybe your grandparents, foster parents. How do they show their love for you? Anybody want to uh, shout something out? How do they show show you that they love you? Otherwise, we'll go straight to the screen. Anybody want to shout something out? Hugs, good one. Hugs, yeah, physical hugs, physical um, expression of love. Anything else? Yes, up there. Presents, yeah, it's good to give people presents to show. Yes, yeah. Food, yes, yeah. Sorry? Say again, John. Correct you, yes, yeah, yeah, correct you. These are some of the things that I have come up with. Food, somebody mentioned, they give you the things that you need. They give you the things maybe you don't need, but which are nice to have. Presents on your birthday, maybe at other times if you're lucky. Um, they give you hugs. It's a show love, isn't it? It's lovely to have hugs. Maybe they play with you, play a bit of sport or something else that you enjoy doing. They teach you things that are important for you to know. Um, most importantly from, from the Bible. And when you're not feeling very well, they look after you and try and cheer you up, don't they? Now, there's another way um, we can show love, and um, because the greatest way we can show love is by giving more of ourselves. The more we give, the more we're showing love. I want two volunteers to come up, two people from the same family, two children from the same family. Here we go, let's have Reuben and Jennifer. Great, thank you. Probably don't know this, but tell us, uh, tell us your names. Um, Jennifer, Reuben. Reuben, great. Right, now just imagine for one moment that in your family at home, you come this side, Reuben, and Jennifer, you stand this side. Now imagine this is what's happened. Jennifer's been really good at home. She's been helping out around the home. And her parents have decided to reward her with some sweets. You feeling pretty happy about that? Yeah. Now, Reuben, I'm not saying this is true, but just in case this happened at home, you were a little bit naughty. I'm sure that doesn't happen, Reuben. I'm sure that doesn't happen. But your punishment was that your parents said to you, Reuben, you're going to have to go and clean the toilets. <laughs> Here you are, Reuben, that's for you. It's not a sword, it's a toilet brush. Hold it, hold it. How do you feel about that, Reuben? Sad, not good, not good. However, just imagine if your sister Jennifer said to you, I tell you what, Reuben, I'll clean the toilets for you. How does that make you feel? That makes you feel really happy. So Jennifer takes the toilet brush from you because she loves you so much. And she says, and even more, Reuben, I will give you my sweets. How does that make you feel now? Really happy. Why do you think Jennifer would do that? Because she's loving. Because she's loving, isn't she? Yes, exactly. 
Well done. I'll let you tell you what. I'll take the brush. You can share the sweets later. But thanks very much, guys. (laughs) Now, in some ways, that's an illustration of Jesus' love for us. Because he's taken away from us a punishment that we deserve and given us something far better. Now, the punishment we deserve is the fact that we haven't made way for the king. You know, we're all guilty of it. We haven't put Jesus as the king of our lives. We want to be number one in our lives. We want to do everything our way, um, make sure that everything is to our satisfaction, and Jesus is put to the side. He's not number one. Um, And that is what we call sin in the Bible. And the trouble with that is what happens is it means we're separated from God. There's this big separation from God. We can't cross to where God is. We, he is perfect, he is holy, he is loving, and we're not. We all make mistakes, don't we? We all do things we shouldn't do. We all don't do things that we should do. Now, the great news is that God can do something about that and wants to do something about it because he loves us. And so what does he do about that? We've just seen it acted out, haven't we, in the drama. Jesus came and he died for us. He said, tell you what, I will take that punishment that you deserve. I will take it on myself. I'm prepared to die in your place. That's what happened on the cross. Do you remember we said Jesus is a really powerful king? That didn't have to happen. He could have stopped that quite easily. But he said, no, I want to do this because I want you to be saved from that punishment. And so what happened when he did that? And this is what he said. He said, greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. That's what he did. He laid down his life for his friends. And what happened when he did that was that we can be made right with God. We can be friends with God. We can cross that big divide. There's nothing we've done. Jesus has done it for us. He's made it possible for us to be friends with God. What a great act of love that is. So the question remains for us all this morning, hopefully, if we move on, it looks like we're getting stuck. The question remains is, um, how do we make way for the loving king in our lives? How do we make way for the loving king in our lives? And the answer is to trust that Jesus died for each one of us. And if we do that, if we believe in him, um, if we accept his love the way he showed us his love, then we can be forgiven and we can be friends with God. Isn't that a wonderful thing? Let's thank him for that now, shall we? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you loved us so much that you are willing to give up your life for us, something so precious, in order that we can be forgiven for all those things we do wrong, forgiven for for being king of our lives and ignoring you. Thank you that you died for us, that we can be friends with, with you, that we can be friends with God. Thank you for showing us that love in such an amazing way. Amen. Well, if that is the way Jesus showed his love for us, if he took our place, that must mean that he is God. And that's the title of our next song we're going to sing, He Must Be God. Over to the group. Thanks, Alan. Mary and Mary are going to the tomb of Jesus. Remember, Jesus has just died, and he's put him in the tomb. And they could have been saying something very similar, couldn't they? What a disappointment. Jesus, we thought he was the powerful king. Jesus, we thought he was the loving king. But now he's just the dead king. 
What a disappointment. But you see, thankfully, that's not where the story finishes. Because the next thing that happens changes absolutely everything. Can we read it together? Can we read what the Bible tells us what happens next? Here's what happens in our story with Jesus. The angel, an angel from God said to the woman, do not be afraid for I know that you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has, he's risen. Just as he said, come and see the place where they lay him. Now, those three words, those three words of the angel, he has what? He has? He has risen. Those three words change absolutely everything. Three words that transform everything. The angel says to the woman, yes, ladies, Jesus, the guy you were looking for, he did die. He really was put in this grave. But what's happened now? He has risen from the the dead. And just to make sure, he says, come and look. Come and see. Come into the grave and have a look for yourselves. He's not here. He has risen. A few years ago, me and my brother, there's my brother Caleb, and my dad, Sydney, we went to Israel. We went to Jerusalem. And we went to the place where Mary and Mary were on our story. They, we went to the tomb of Jesus. There we are outside it, ready to go inside. It's amazing. And we got ready. Now, the, the roof of the, of the tomb is quite low, so we had to, we had to kind of duck down. And we kind of, it's very dark inside. So we kind of wandered in, wandered in. And we looked inside. And you'll never guess what we saw. Can anyone guess what we saw? What do we see in the tomb? Nothing. Right? It was empty. The tomb was empty. Uh, we did see something though. We saw a sign that said this. He is not here. Olivia, what does it say? For he has? He is risen. Jesus isn't in the tomb. Jesus is not in the tomb anymore. He is alive. He is risen. It proves that he really is the powerful king. That he really is the loving king. Why? Because he is the victorious king. The one who has defeated death. Jesus has done something that no one else has ever done in the history of mankind. He has defeated death. And why? Because he came to offer something that no one else can offer. Life. Life now and life forever with him in heaven. What an amazing truth that is. But the question is, why does it matter? Right? That's a good question to ask, isn't it? Why does it matter? Has anyone played this game? What is it? Jenga. We love playing Jenga, don't we? You take the bricks, you put it on the top, and then you keep going, keep going, keep going. But here's the truth. If Jesus was the dead king, it'd be as if you're playing Jenga and it all went crash. It all went crash. It all broke down. If Jesus is the dead king, well, he isn't really the powerful king. He isn't really the loving king. He's just like everyone else. He's just a normal king. But the truth is, Jesus is the victorious king. Jesus is alive. Jesus is ruling and reigning. Jesus is the king of everything. So we've got to ask ourselves the question, if that's true, if that's true, will I, will you make way for King Jesus in your life? Will you trust him? 
Will you love him? Will you live for him? And will you make him your king? And the promise is if you do, he will give you life. Life that lasts forever. The forever King Jesus. What a beautiful thing that is. Jesus is the powerful king. Jesus is the loving king. And Jesus is the victorious king. Will we make way for him in our lives? Can we pray? Can we pray together? Asking God to help us remember these truths. Now, before we pray, can we do it properly? Can we put our hands out wide? And after three, we're going to bring them together. One, two, three. Lovely. Father God, we thank you so much for this morning. Thank you for the chance we have to come here to church and to meet with people, to meet with friends, to meet with family, to meet with friends that we made this week, maybe, our holiday club. And Lord, to hear about you, to be reminded of who you are, that you are the king. Lord, that you are the powerful king, powerful over creation, powerful over sickness, powerful over death. Lord, that you are the loving king who came to give your life for ours so that we can be in relationship with God again. And Lord, you are the victorious king. You defeated death. You are not the dead king, but you are the victorious king, alive forevermore. And Lord, I pray that this morning as we hear who Jesus is, you'll help us all think for ourselves, how will we respond? Will we, will I make way for King Jesus in my life to love him and to live for him? Lord, I thank you for all the children that were part of Holiday Club this year. Thank you for them. Lord, I pray that they would have had a brilliant time this week, made brilliant friends, had brilliant fun. But Lord, that they would remember who you are. And Lord, that they would make way for the king in their lives. Lord, thank you for all the families that were involved at our holiday club, for mums and dads, for grandparents, for granddads, for carers. Lord, thank you for them dropping off and picking up every day. And Lord, thank you for those of them that are here this morning. Lord, I pray that they too would see who Jesus is today. And Lord, that they would make way for him in their lives. Lord, thank you for the leaders, Lord, that served, Lord, that loved, that cared, that looked after. Lord, thank you so much for everything that they did. Lord, I pray that they would see who Jesus is today. And Lord, that they would make way for him in their lives. So Lord, we ask all of these things trusting in you and your power, trusting in you in and your love and trusting in you and your victory. And we pray it in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Can we do that together? One, two, three. Amen. Brilliant. Should we sing? Should we sing to close our service together? Now this one is a song without any actions. But again, it speaks into the heart of everything we've talked about so far. Jesus coming and dying, but then rising again in victory forever. So let's stand and sing, Man of Sorrows. Thank you so much for coming. Please do join us for refreshments over in the hall. Please make those that are visitors here feel very, very welcome. Um, Please come tonight at half six for the baptismal service if you can. But please remember... Jesus is the powerful king. Jesus is the loving king. 
Jesus is the victorious king. Will you? Will I? Make way for him. Thank you.